0: In 1985, Bill Waterston's Calvin and Hobbs makes its debut. WrestleMania 1 is held at Madison Square Garden. In the main event, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T defeated Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't need a tag team partner to help Vernon Wells let off some steam.
1: Gamesvillemedia.com.
0: It's time for the last action. Parker! Top quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker.
2: I feel the need, the need, for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
0: Come with me if you want to be. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am the returning, as always, host LPJ with me. Again for the second time in a row, our new co-host Joe. Hey
2: guys, what's up? What's up LPJ?
0: We need to get you some kind of nickname or handle or I, I don't know, something. <laughs> I think I don't know, I I think know. maybe I think like Joe... protein shake.
2: Or... <laughs> I don't I don't know if protein shake is going to catch no, on. No, you look like a protein shake. <laughs> I, <laughs> untruer words have never been spoken.
0: Mm, I'm sure we could we could find some more untruer ones. Uh, so with us we have a special guest um we have Devin here, dressed in full lion's garb.
1: Yes, that I am.
0: You know, this is not a sports podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just a big sports guy, I guess. How <laughs> you guys doing? Good, good,
2: really good. good. This is this is very exciting. We've been trying to get Devin on the podcast for a while, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and and you were, A, surprise when it happened. Well, okay, I will tell you this. Even before I knew that I was going to be filling in as a co-host, we've been trying to get Devin on this podcast, and he's been kind of him and hawing, and he wouldn't commit. And then, like, I, when you were texting me about co-hosting, and I'm like, yeah, we should try and get Devin on, and you were like, oh, no, I talked to him at Zubu he's doing it like it was so mysterious it was just like he was no 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 and then like zubu happened and he's like he's doing two episodes i gotta
1: be i gotta be honest that's exactly how it happened <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he got me at the right time he just, i did he
2: cornered you
1: in front like, of the hey, lions i
0: was like hey Devin, uh you're gonna do two episodes you're gonna do commando and you get to pick another one
1: and <laughs> he's like oh exactly right. uh,
2: okay and, and here he is well we're, we're glad you're here we're excited we're excited to have you uh here and uh to talk about this movie
1: yeah yeah, I'm, I'm excited
2: to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was really excited that... Uh, for A lot of excitement uh, going <laughs> on. We're, we're all very excited. Oh, very <laughs> excited. All very excited. It might, might bleed into a different podcast later. Uh, <laughs> we're all very excited uh, about this movie, Commando, which I didn't know you were such a huge Commando fan until... We till he brought it up to me about what shows we were going to do.
2: Well, here's here's the thing that I remember. This is how I remember discovering that Devin is a big Commando fan because I would say me and Devin have worked together for a long time. And, you know, it's like the classic, you know, we were work friends and then we became real friends. But we used to really, all of us, you know, and our friend Jody, who's been on the podcast, we used to watch a lot of UFC events. And I remember we were at Jody's watching a UFC And, like, the event was over, and Jody turned the channel, and, like, Commando was on, and Devin's like, oh, Commando, and he's like, this is the part where Ray Dong Chong uses the rocket launcher,
1: and we were just like, oh,
2: he really knows this
1: movie. I think I even explained how she shot it backwards (laughs) and then shoots it the right way. Yeah, we were just like, oh, man, we were like, he loves this movie, and you're like, I do, I
2: really do. I really do. I'm a big fan. That's why as soon as you were talking about this
1: podcast, I'm like, ooh, I know who you got to have on for Commando.
0: Perfect. All right, well, then we'll start here, then, Devin when did you first see Commando?
1: You know, I, I was thinking about this, knowing that I was going to be on this, this podcast. I don't know if I know the exact year or how old I was, but I have a general idea. I mean, it came out in 1985. I myself was born in 1982. I was probably about eight or nine when I first saw this movie. Um, my parents had some hunting property up in the Alpena area, and we used to go to deer camp, and it was Guy's Deer Camp, and we used to probably watch R-rated movies, you know, at a younger age than we should have, and that was the first time I remember seeing the movie, and I've seen it many, many times (laughs) since then.
2: Joe? Well, I got to be honest, and this is breaking last action podcast news. When I watched it for the podcast was the first time that I had seen this entire movie. I never. I would seen bits and pieces. I, I remember some of it, but I never sat down and watched the entire thing. But I think, and, and you discussed this a lot in the podcast episode, that you were kind of free reign to see whatever you wanted when you were younger where things were a little more stricter in my household and I didn't see as many R-rated movies like that when I was younger so this is just something I knew about and obviously I knew a lot of the one-liners I had seen you know some of the scenes but never sat down and watched the whole thing so I'm really <laughs> I'm super pumped that I got to watch it for this because I'm, I'm really glad that I did now
0: yeah um I've you know, like it's been brought up many times. <laughs> I pretty much watch whatever I want. Um, and I would go through phases. So like second grade, third grade-ish was a lot of John claude Van Damme movies. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then after that, I remember seeing Total Recall at Justin's house. Okay. And then from there, I started just grabbing whatever Schwarzenegger movies I could find. So I, I watched this, Predator. Um, and then, or I watched. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Running Man, Predator, and then I came across this film, and I watched it on VHS one day. And then I just keep kept kept going back to it, watched it over and over and over again. Right. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a while until I watched it just a couple days ago. But uh, but yeah, I've seen it many times.
2: Did did you own it or how did you view it?
0: No, I rented it from Joy Super Video. If you guys oh. remember Joy Super Video.
2: No, I meant I meant for the podcast. Recently, how did you watch it? Oh, I rented it. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't bought it. it. Blu-ray. Uh, I uh, had to have it, yeah. I,
1: I had the VHS copy. I don't own a VCR anymore, like many people don't, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I saw it on online for like $6.30, Blu-ray. Damn, so I should have bought it then. I
0: yeah. spent $4 renting it. Yeah I, yeah,
2: I rented it from Comcast for $4, and I was so mad, this is like a weird complaint, but when I watch movies, I like to have the, the subtitles didn't work for it when I rented it from okay. Comcast, so I was annoyed, but you know.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right. Sometimes the subtitles help. Yeah. I, just to pick up on weird one, one-liners.
2: one Especially when I feel like when I'm trying to watch something, you know, for, like, you know, this podcast, and it's sure. easier to be able to see what's going on and pause it and stuff like that. But, you know, we don't have to get into that.
0: Right. No, I got you. <laughs> uh, so let's get into this movie a bit. Uh, 1985, it was one of the early Schwarzenegger films, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, yeah,
2: because Terminator was what, 84? 84, 84. yep.
0: And this was kind of, well, Terminator and Conan were kind of, like, back-to-back. Okay. So Conan first, then Terminator, uh, and then this film. Okay. Uh, so they were all just kind of right in there. Uh, this one was really kind of, this is what sort of kicks off the quintessential action films of the eighties and nineties. Okay. This is really sort of the first, first big one. Okay. Um, directed by Mark Lester, who directed a few other things, uh, well, well, he directed interesting a, things. He directed
2: a lot of other things. He did
0: direct a lot of other things, um, he directed a lot of other things, but as far as the the, the well-known things, he's really kind of got to start directing the class of 1984, which was kind of a low-budget horror sci-fi film. And that's sort of where things kicked off. Anything on A194? A- uh, I
2: I would say just the movies that stuck out to me that he directed. I saw he directed uh, Firestarter, which that's is right. a Drew Barrymore movie. Um, one that I remember, and maybe some point down the road we could cover it on the podcast, but Showdown in Little Tokyo which has Dolph Lundgren and uh, Brandon Lee in it, I, I believe.
0: Showdown in Little Tokyo? Yeah. Yes, that's right, yes.
2: Uh, and then I saw, it looked like now it, the movies that he was directing seemed to be like straight to sci-fi one, because he had one that was yeah. called Poseidon Rex. <laughs> yeah, and
0: Pterodactyl, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, so, Sinbad and the Minotaur.
2: So those, those are what kind of stuck out to me. Sure,
0: yeah. Hey, you're right, Showdown in Little Tokyo, I think we should definitely do in this. Um, but yeah, he, didn't really, he hasn't really done a lot as far as big name stuff goes. Um, produced by Joel Silver. So this is one of the early Joel Silver films. Um, Joel Silver, obviously, uh, all the Die Hard films, the Predator films, the Matrix trilogy, Lethal Weapon. He's responsible for almost single-handedly creating the action film genre of, right. the, of the 80s and 90s. Uh, and then along with that, the writer, Stephen E. D'Souza. <laughs> However... The story for
2: this. Yes, this is very this is very interesting to me because I didn't know this, and when I was looking it up, I was like, "Oh, is that true?"
0: Yeah, I had no idea either. This is actually the story for this is uh, was written by Jeff Loeb, right? Uh, famous comic book writer Jeff Loeb, right? Um, it's this is the second. This is the movie we're doing back to back with. Comic book, with comic book writers so we had blade with david s goyer and then jeff Loeb, who is another huge name in comics right uh, and now
2: he's like in, in charge of marvel tv like all, yeah, the stuff, all of marvel like, tv yeah all that stuff he's he's has a hand in. he's like he's actually to produce and stuff so it was crazy when i saw that i was like i had to like click on his name and like double i'm like is this the same jeff Loeb? i was i was taken aback i had no idea
0: yeah i, I was very very surprised to see it as well um Uh, And then it was obviously taken by Stephen E. D'Souza, who wrote 48 Hours, Jumpin' Jack Flash, The Running Man, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Street Fighter, and Judge Dredd. I thought (laughs) I'd throw those two in there
2: as well. Nice. Thank you for that. (laughs) Okay,
0: we'll keep going then. Uh, Music, uh, James Horner. Yeah. So let's get in the music a little bit here. The music's actually really good. James Horner is a very prolific... Uh, film
2: composer. Yeah, he writes. D- he's done so much stuff. A
0: ton of stuff. He does uh a lot of the um, Star Trek series. Uh, he wrote. Let me pull that. I'm just gonna pull. It one up. of
2: the, one of the things I saw, and this is like a kind of inside joke for me, Devin. But he did the music for uh, Batteries Not Included. Yeah, and I and I saw and I and I know you and I know you said you've had to watch this movie a lot. He did the music for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep, I had that one <laughs> written down myself. <laughs> and the Land Before Time, which is. Interesting to me. Yeah, well, and, he
0: also did Aliens, which we talked about right. with your
2: brother and, and you. And he did the Rocketeer, which is a movie we talked about. He maybe did the Rocketeer, because and I love that
0: movie. The, the first time I remember hearing James Horner's name was when we were doing that show in high school. Oh, we did the, the Rocketeer uh it, for marching
2: band. Yes, yeah, me and Nobster, we were in marching band. For anyone we doesn't know, we were very cool. Super, and, <laughs> super cool. And one of the shows we did had the Rocketeer music in it. Uh, That's I, believe, awesome. I believe it was called Fire and Ice.
0: I'm fairly certain you are correct. Uh, yeah, it was really good. He, 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 he's a very Wait, prolific our, writer. our
2: marching band show or James Horner? Was James really Horner's good. very Oh, good. okay, got it. Right.
0: Yes. Uh, and uh, so written by James Horner, we're going to play a little bit here. We're going to play the the main theme. Very 80s feel. <laughs>
2: The music screams action film I,
1: oh it? yeah it's perfect
2: I feel like James Horner got a discount on like steel drums oh or something God, <laughs> yes. this is so many steel drums there's tons of steel drums for a fake country named Val Verde yeah, I, I, I don't know I swear I'll get to it eventually but I think I have something about the steel drums in my notes I was just like what is going on there's a lot of steel drums in here
1: i I just i love that that theme song though because it always makes me picture arnold carrying that tree and a (laughs) chainsaw and just walking it's funny because
2: when the music was playing that's like what pictured him mind is that giant tree that he's just carrying over his shoulder when they first introduce him at the beginning
0: yeah oh yeah there's a lot of really ridiculous things in this film
2: oh my gosh uh, one of the other songs we wanted to play, of course, the ending song. Oh my gosh. This, like, and like I said, I had never seen this whole movie before. So when this came on, I was like, what is this? <laughs> it was the most amazing thing ever. I immediately had to, like, Google to figure out what the song was. All
0: right, I'll, I'll put it on. It's called We Fight for Love.
2: want Arnold fighting for my love. <laughs> yeah. There was, you, no one could see this is a podcast but there was a lot of air drumming and headbanging going on to that song. <laughs> there I, really was. I kind of want to just listen to the whole thing. It's a shame we have to actually talk about the movie.
0: I know. The last time I did that I got in a little bit of trouble because I played an entire uh, uh, RZA song at the end of one of our episodes. Oh, oops. <clears throat> I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Where were we? Uh, well, we were talking about
2: the music but I think we kind of covered it now.
0: We did. So the music's fantastic. Uh, and uh, the 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 plot of the movie? Well, let's get into the actors. The actors. So obviously in Arnold Schwarzenegger is right. this. This is Play,
2: definitely a Schwarzenegger vehicle. Playing John Matrix, which is yes. like a, a great name. And I had to like, because like on IMDb, I think they just list him as John or whatever. And I was like, it took me a while in the movie. Like, I think saying Matrix, like, because yeah. I, I didn't have the closed captioning. So I was like, oh, man. Matrix.
1: I feel like most people refer to him as Matrix yeah, in the movie. Like
2: I don't think maybe that maybe the Colonel says his first yeah. name, but like everyone else is just like Matrix, Matrix, Matrix.
0: Yep. Uh sorry, keep
2: going. No, it's okay. So so we have Arnold Schwarzenegger. I would say Vernon Wells is probably our, our second biggest person in this playing uh Bennett.
0: Yeah, uh he's obviously in um he, really at that time Vernon Wells' biggest role was in The Road Warrior as he's basically the bad guy. He's, uh, what is uh Kev
2: uh i don't know he wears a mask i know that he doesn't wear a mask that is <laughs> that is
0: absolutely correct um
1: did you guys sorry, know that somewhere. that he wasn't actually going to to take that part
2: i think i think i saw something where he like wasn't originally cast in the role yeah, or they, they had someone else in mind they had somebody yep. else
1: cast for the role and i guess he was fired after one day <laughs> and um if you if you watch the movie and you kind of look at you know, him and his character and and the wardrobe and, and the costume that he's wearing. It appears as though it's a little bit tight. Yeah. And apparently that's because they didn't have time to adjust the costume from the first actor.
0: No, and he's wearing a weird costume. He's oh, wearing yeah. a chainmail, <laughs> like, he's wearing a chainmail, like, sleeveless shirt. Yeah. like It well, is the weirdest well, yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: it's super weird, right? I think he even referred to it as, he called himself Freddie Mercury on steroids, <laughs> oh, I believe, yeah, believe
2: was a quote I saw. Yeah, which is, like, crazy because he does kind of have, like, a Freddie Mercury vibe when yeah. you look at him in this movie. With especially with that weird chain mail like vest and yeah. But now that you mention it, it's like, yeah, it did seem like it was a little ill fitting. That's funny. Yes. Uh, um, so then we have uh the the villain or one of the villains in the movie, uh Dan Hidea playing. Yeah, Dan Ari-
0: Arius? Arius, yes. Playing a South American.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which is like and I don't know, like what I recognize Dan Hidea but what, what's something else
1: he's been in? Dan Hidea I know he was the the dad in the movie Clueless. Oh, he was. shoot. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: He's in
0: Tightrope. True. He's in Joe versus the volcano. Jody's favorite movie.
2: <laughs> but he he's not like a traditionally an action guy, though, right? No, or he's like not. I or mean, like he's, or like a heavy or South American. <laughs>
0: he, well, he's definitely not South American. He's <laughs> Jewish, first of all, uh, and Italian. Or he usually plays like Italians. Um, he's been, he's a character actor. He's been in a ton of different things. He's been in the usual suspects, clueless. Fair Game, Nixon. Uh, I'm trying to think who he is. Oh, fair, in...
2: fair Game really is one of Jody's favorite movies, though.
0: It is, yep.
2: He had, he had him taped off like Showtime, I think. He did.
0: It's on it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dan Hedaya, definitely not a South American. I'm no. not sure
2: why. Yeah, he, he kind of stuck out to me in this movie. I was like, what? I was like, I know I recognize that guy, but now that you're saying the dad and clueless, I'm like, yeah, that makes that tracks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Ray, Don, Ray Dawn Chong in yeah. this. Yeah, it's Cindy. Um, who I didn't hate in this. No, I think she's good in this. I thought
2: she was really good in this, too. She's like, she does the perfect, like, she's not like... Annoying or anything like again. She's like actually like pretty helpful throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, she's not. I mean, she's a damsel in distress, but she also helps Schwarzenegger, which you don't normally see in in action films in the eighties. You don't see the the female lead take any kind of initiative for herself.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there is that scene where she's kind of wondering if she should help this guy, and, yeah. and she kind of gets him into a little bit of trouble. But I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah,
2: but yeah, for the most part, I mean, he doesn't have to save her that much, I think, and she kind of is integral to kind of completing his goals.
0: Yeah, she really, Absolutely, he, yeah. he absolutely needs her. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of goals, his goal is obviously to save his daughter played by Alyssa Milano. Yes. Uh, coming off of the first season of, of uh, who's the boss. Who's the boss. Yeah, so she hadn't that. even, the, the first season hadn't even finished being released yet. Yeah. And uh, so she's in this huge movie.
2: And I, I think the other one of note is uh bill Duke yeah. playing cook.
0: Yeah. Bill Duke, who was in predator, um he's uh an action character actor another one that's kind of that shows up in different he, action he's, films. Like he's that. great in this movie he he love great him in, in this he's great he's great in everything i saw yeah. him recently i don't know what i saw him in I don't
2: remember what it was cool that I saw him but he was
0: really good. I think it was, it was some CW show, I'm was sure. It, was
2: it a dream you had? It was. <laughs> saw him in a dream. And he was great
1: in it. He, he d- was
0: weird. He was wearing Vernon Wells costume. It was <laughs> yeah. very strange. I couldn't figure Oobly.
1: it out. He yeah. does have one of my favorite lines in the movie, though. What's that? Do you guys know what line I'm referring to? Um,
2: is it when they're fighting in the hotel? No. Nope. Okay.
1: It's when he goes into the dealership, and he's getting that Cadillac, uh-huh. and the guy's asking him all the questions, and he's like, you know what I like best? The price, and he just drives out of the store.
2: (laughs) That's right. Didn't he kill that guy? Yeah, he runs him over. over. He backs up to run him over. Oh yeah, that is great. That's like the second scene of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, the yeah. So the movie opens with
0: with basically a I again. I forgot the beginning. I always forget the beginnings of movies like this. <laughs> uh, and, and it starts with a dump with a, with a garbage truck
2: backing up to a house. Yeah, and this guy's like, oh I forgot to take out the garbage. So he's like running to go take out the garbage. And, and then he gets, gets mowed down. Yeah, he gets out there and two guys have Uzis, yeah. Bill Duke and one other guy. And they're just like, they shoot him like, I don't know, like 200 times. And then they times. keep
0: shooting him. He's <laughs> on the ground
2: and Bill Duke is still shooting him. Yeah, it's it's unnecessary.
0: Oh, very unnecessary. And uh, and then the plot kind of kind of follows from there, where more guys are getting picked off, uh, and then you see Vernon Wells get on a boat, and then the next yep. thing you see is 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 Bill Duke hitting a button and the boat blowing up, right? Which uh, you find out, obviously, it's all a ruse. Yes, uh, I don't. That was one of the things I had a question about. Why did why did he have to fake his death?
2: Uh, I guess maybe to make it more convincing that they were killing off all the members of Arnold's old unit. Yeah, I
1: thought they were. I thought they talked about that. I thought they said that uh, that General Kirby was assuming that every member of his unit was therefore being killed off, which is why they went to, to go find Matrix, and that's how they found out where he was staying.
2: But but it's kind of crazy to me because it's like they talk about like Bennett talks about how Arnold. Kicked him out of the unit, so it's like he wasn't in the unit. So it's like almost like why did they? Why didn't they just kill like people that were actually still in it? That was, That's true. I mean, he's like a main character, so I get they had to put him in the beginning just to throw it off, so maybe we wouldn't think he was a villain right away. But
0: yeah, but again, I mean, I mean, they they mention him getting kicked out like right away.
2: Yeah. So so he <laughs> appears to blow up, and then we like cut to Arnold just jacked carrying a whole tree through the forest, like an entire tree. That tree. Had to avoid
0: hundreds of pounds.
2: Yeah. Oh, which, absolutely.
0: Uh I have a bit of a pop quiz for you all. Pop quiz, hot
1: shot. Uh oh. Oh, my first pop quiz. Uh-oh. yep.
0: <laughs> How much at this time was Arnold Schwarzenegger allegedly able to
1: bench press? I n- I know the answer without even looking at my interesting. Notes. Okay, go, yeah, go I for think it. I do. Four hundred and fifty pounds. That is one hundred percent correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. look at this guy! At the
0: time, he could bench press four hundred and fifty pounds. That's insane. That's that all. Is insane. That's all of us. <laughs> That's all three of <laughs> That's, us. Yeah. That's like stacking all three of us on top of each other and bench pressing.
2: That's us. crazy, dude. I mean, you can see in this movie. I mean, he, like I said, looks jacked. He's just muscles.
0: Yeah, this is really him at peak jackness.
2: Now was he and I don't know if this is... but was he was he was he juicing was he taking Oh steroids?
0: yeah, 100% <laughs> was he juicing.
2: <laughs> Everybody in the 80s was juicing. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. I didn't know. I had an idea though.
0: Yeah, no, he was definitely juicing. Um <clears throat> where yes. So
2: then uh it, uh, the colonel comes to kind of recruit well I would like to say one thing though that the opening scene of this movie plays out like the beginning of like an 80s sitcom there's like a montage it really does. where him and Alyssa Milano they're like they're eating ice cream She's he's teaching her karate they're feeding deer they're going fishing they're like and it's like it's playing over that music and I would just die because I'm like I could see this being like a sitcom on like ABC in like the, the late 80s or something
0: yeah, that, that, that's my note. It's a sitcom opening. <laughs> that's exactly what I wrote in here. Yeah. It was very silly, especially considering she is a sitcom actress. Yeah. It was very, very weird to see. Um,
2: but I guess they wanted to let us know that he was a loving father. Where's oh, Mrs. Yeah.
1: Matrix, by the way? That's a great question. Any any kind of speculation? Um, they actually, uh, I, I found something about that. Oh. And, and apparently there was a different version of the script okay. where he did have a wife. Um, both of them were kidnapped. And they ended up rewriting the script. And apparently, the kidnapping happened much later in the film. Okay. But they moved it to earlier. The reason that they wrote out Mrs. Matrix was <laughs> they were concerned that Arnold couldn't do romantic scenes. <laughs> and they removed all of that from the script. That's Which is
0: weird because they fit, you know, that makes sense because uh, I also read they filmed this, a romantic scene between him and Radon Chong. That yeah, was so bad they had to cut it from the film.
2: Yeah, which makes sense. I think I think this movie works better without like the romantic absolutely. Kinda, like, Not the overt romance. Yeah. Like I think mean, I think, they, they I, kind I think you them. kind of get like, Yeah, maybe something's gonna happen between them, you know, it's a end of the enough. movie. But um so the Colonel shows up. What's the Colonel Colonel Kirby? Yep. Colonel Kirby, yes. So he shows up because Arnold is living like in the middle of the forest in like California. Like off the grid. Yeah, like off the grid in the cabin in like Northern California. Oh,
0: and that's because that was another question I wanted to bring up. He's supposed to be in like a witness protection almost.
2: Well, yeah, kinda I think.
0: Like his whole his whole troop because they were a covert operative that a covert operation that helped them. Like overthrow yeah, governments. Yeah, they like, disposed
2: the dictators and all kinds of stuff like that. Right,
0: and that's why Dan Hidea's pissed, is because right. Dan Hidea was the one that got overthrown. Because they kicked
2: him out of his country, yeah, right, and put a different president in place.
0: Right, and and
2: so they go into, if
0: these are covert operations, um, how is Dan Hidea finding out about all this?
2: Well, maybe Bennett told him. Oh, that would make sense. I mean, that's probably at least how he found out about all the former unit members is from Bennett.
0: That makes sense, yeah.
2: Boom! Plot holes. There it is. You you win.
0: <laughs> you win. You and Steven De Souza had something, <laughs> had something cooking, uh, and and uh, I wanted to mention that the 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 fictional fictional country is called Valverde. Mm-hmm. There is a whole Valverde verse. Did you guys know that?
2: I think I saw something about how it's used in like a lot of different like movies and stuff like that, but I don't I don't have any yeah, notes on it. S-
0: Stephen De Souza uh, created this fake you know South slash Central American country and first he put it in Commando but then it's also appeared in uh Super Carrier Die Hard 2 uh Sheena which is like a comic book uh and then other other people started to use it too like it, Predator is yep. is believed to be placed in in Valverde uh Mark Verheeden has used it in his Dark Horse in the comics he writes for dark horse uh it appeared in the tv show ncis Uh, it's it's all over the place like this whole they've created this whole fictional history connecting all of these different fictional uh action you know movies and comics and stories to this country val verde (laughs) and then it all started from from this movie interesting yeah cool story bro um So John is tasked with uh, the, the the Kirby comes and asks him to uh, basically to, to protect him.
2: Well yeah, I think he's giving him, they him post a heads up. A couple guards. He's like, "Hey, heads up, your old unit's getting killed off. We're going to leave these guards here. I'm going to go try and figure out what's going on."
0: And as the copter is pulling away, Bennett is pulling in with his copter.
2: Right. Because Arnold smells them coming, right? He That's, does. Re- he does reference that. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I smelled them. He's like, stay down wind. That's how I knew they were coming, or something like that. Said, you can
0: smell them. You can't. <laughs> and then uh, eventually, Elisa uh, Milano gets kidnapped, and. Um
2: well, we're treated to like the first of our great one-liners in this. When he we are. they they take Alyssa Milano and he goes into the house and there's a guy there. He's this real cocky guy and he's talking about how like, you know, we have your daughter and he's like, if we don't do exactly what we say, you know, we're gonna kill her. And he says like, <laughs> he says like, you're gonna listen to us, right? And then Arnold just says like, wrong, and shoots him in the head.
0: And then he they go they, they there's this, there's this movie trope. From the '80s, where they they always take the distributor cap from the car, <laughs> like I, I, you've seen it in, in like every movie. Like if you want to disable a car, you take the distributor <laughs> cap. So he
2: puts the car in neutral.
0: Yeah, he puts it in neutral because apparently it's a stick shift. Apparently, and maybe just,
2: and just pushes it down the hill and jumps in it. <laughs> and he's like careening out of control down this mountainside trying to catch up to them in his like truck with no brakes yeah,
1: it's anything. a Ford Bronco <laughs> I believe it's actually a Chevy Blazer is it a Blazer? yeah oh. I think so
0: oh you know yeah. what I'm not going to question Superfan
1: yeah, yeah. knowledge bomb that was, uh, is that in your notes? it is in my notes <laughs> there we go 73 Chevy Blazer <laughs>
0: wow <laughs> oh, that is that is some deep note taking
2: <laughs> so he uh, catches up with them they capture Arnold knock him out wakes up is tied down Dan Hiday is there basically lays out the what he wants Arnold to do we have your daughter we're going to kill her we want you to go to Valverde we want you to kill the president that you put in place that threw me out of power so I can get back in power so we're going to send you down there to do this and if you don't we're going to kill Alyssa Milano
0: yep and to make sure that he goes they post a guard with him they both get on the plane And then they have the other guy waiting.
2: Sully. Sully.
1: They have Sully
2: (laughs) waiting to make sure the plane takes off. Right. Now, Sully, to me, doesn't seem to fit in with this group of mercenaries. He's like, I feel like he's like my size and I'm not a big guy. He's wearing like a zoot suit. (laughs) He's very weird in this movie.
0: Yeah, he seems out of play. He he looks like the prototypical computer nerd character that you would see. Yeah. Um, But he's not.
1: It's really weird. I'm, and they, they definitely say that he was in the service Yeah, because yeah. the guy he gets on the plane with, he, he references that. Yeah, he you know, the two we, of us were in the service, too. Yeah,
2: because he's like, oh, you and Bennett served together. He's like, well, me and Sully did. Because they, they, they let you know that the flight to Valverde is 11 hours, which is like, where is Valverde? Yeah. <laughs> well, 11, where, where are
0: they? They're in Santa they're, Barbara, right? They're in California. In California, California, yeah. yeah.
2: So, but it's, they they let you know that it's eleven hours to get to Valverde because that ends up being kind of like the ticking clock of what Arnold has time to figure this all out before they realize.
0: Yeah, and I got a real question about how time flows in this film, like. There's a lot that happens in that eleven hours, and <laughs> he gets from is. point A to point B in a miraculous amount of time.
2: Well, can we say though? I did, just like this movie is like, like we said, it's so many one-liners. But there's that great exchange before they get on the plane with Sully, where he's like, he's like, "You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last." <laughs> Just right before they get on the plane, and he thinks nothing of it. But I this love is that.
0: really the first Schwarzenegger film that has all the big one-liners. in Yeah, it?
2: this is really where this starts. I feel like every line in this is a one-liner. Yeah.
0: Well, and then this is the the first time that "I'll be back" comes comes yeah. back from. Yeah, because he says because
2: he says that when they drop him off the airport, he's like, "I'll be back, Bennett." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, you said that?" Yeah. Barely this is it? Uh, they get on the plane. Um, I
0: I really love where. Like nobody pays attention to what's happening behind him in the seat. Schwarzenegger <laughs> elbows the guy in the face and then breaks his neck. Right. Like gets him in a full on headlock and snaps the guy's neck.
1: <laughs> it did d- happen pretty
2: fast yeah. though. I mean, like, but I guess we're supposed to just believe that Arnold is just that strong. And apparently
0: that quiet, too, because nobody heard
2: him. Devin, do you want to deliver the line that he says to the stewardess? After he, after he specifically asks how long the flight is, and she tells him 11 hours.
1: Yeah, he basically tells the flight attendant, don't disturb my friend, he's dead tired.
2: Because <laughs> he, he props him up and puts a blanket over him. and uh, Puts the pillow behind his puts head. Puts his pillow and tux- pulls his hat down over his face. Yeah. And then Arnold D- sneaks into the back of the plane.
0: No, he sneaks under the plane.
2: Under the plane. Yeah, he goes in the cargo area.
1: Yeah, he gets down through an elevator, it looks like. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, planes like that have elevators. Yep. To get to the galley where all the food is stored. That's where they bring it up from.
2: And then he, like, I was confused by the thing when he, like, rips through that, like, liner or whatever. Well, that's, like,
0: the emergency access to the cargo hold. Okay. Um yeah! Believe it or not, that stuff that you see inside the plane there—all of that makes sense. Like where he's going, how he's getting through there. But I'll- why
1: does he have to tear it? Isn't there like a zipper? <laughs> That's or like the thing. A- it
0: looked like there was a zipper. <laughs> yeah, it. I don't
2: he think just, it- he just rips it down. So then he he climbs down onto one of the landing gear because the plane's taking off. Yeah, and then he just drops. That's right? one of my favorite moments <laughs> in this dead. movie. Yeah, he would
1: be—he dropped from probably 250 feet up, and he lands into waist-deep swamp water. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he just gets up, and he's fine. Takes it, off his suit jacket and just—the <laughs> first of going.
0: many times he would be dead in this film. Yeah, under like, normal could, circumstances, could this is
2: not a small drop at all. He's just like whoop, pops up, and he's good to go.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like like nothing happens, and then runs through the airport soaking wet. Like
2: right. nobody questions the fact that he's soaking wet. And, and catches up to Sully pretty fast. I even know that's like Sully's taking his time leaving the airport. He's really hamming it up. He's got time to be a complete creep to Ray Don Chong in yeah. your introduction.
0: Yeah, we already know he's a bad guy.
2: Yeah, but he's Does a- he have to almost rape somebody on <laughs> yeah. the way to the to <laughs> the uh, garage, to the parking garage? He's a straight of creep. He like hits on her and gets rejected and like follows her out to the parking lot and is still hitting on her. Yeah, and then takes no for an answer, which is weird. Totally out of character, you'd think, for him.
1: And then I believe he calls her a
2: fucking whore. Yeah, (laughs) then
0: he calls her a whore and walks away.
2: Yeah, but we should mention, though, that uh, once—we didn't cover this, but once Arnold finds out he has 11 hours, I think it's once he gets uh, off the plane, he looks at his watch and sets the timer for 11 hours, and then he's constantly kind of going back to that watch throughout the movie. To yep. see how much time is left.
0: And that, <laughs> did you hear the watch like ticking at first? <laughs> that was a loud ass tick. It was like,
2: it really was. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just blew up the mic there. Sorry about that. So Sully takes off in his yellow Porsche. Yeah, it's a Porsche. It's a Porsche. And then he, Arnold, uh, follows or meets up with uh, Ray Don Chong. He, yeah, because he, he, he sees can her. We, can we just call her RDC from the RDC? One? Yeah, just call RDC. Her. I like RDC. it. RDC. <laughs> yeah, okay. So he catches up with RDC rips the passenger seat out of her car.
0: Yeah, you know...
2: <laughs> and I don't know why he has to do that. I don't either. I get it. He's big, and the car is small. But I he, understand that. But and two scenes later, he's driving the car in the seat. Yeah, and she's not sitting in the seat. I feel like maybe it's so he wanted to be able to like duck down more or something to stay out of sight. I guess. But it's like, that car is small, and he's a big man.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't think uh, Sully had a cell phone with him. It didn't. Why would he use the payphone if he had a cell phone? That's true. So I don't. What is what is Arnold worried about if Sully sees
1: him? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. This scene makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it was just to show off that Arnold was strong and he can rip uh, the passenger seat out of a car just with no effort.
1: Yeah, because even RDC reacts to that. She's yeah. kind of like whoa. Uh, yeah. She's you like, know,
0: her reactions are pretty normal. Like yeah. her reactions make sense for what she's seeing.
2: Yeah. Which she's, is, I was very surprised. Yeah, she does really good. To, I think react how someone would in this. Actual situation like, yeah. Like in the next scene When they get to the mall And he's kind of like Sully goes into like A bar At the mall And he's like Hey go over there And basically Spy on him Or I can't remember Exactly what he tells her to do
0: Yeah he says He wants her to He wants Wants her to, to get Go him in to there come And lure out. him out Right Right but she so that goes. He can go get him.
2: But she goes in there, and the first thing she does is like tell the police off, the mall cops. She's like, "Hey, this guy over there, he like kidnapped me, and he's standing there behind." And Arnold looks so suspicious, like,
0: standing, "Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> <standing> <laughs> you going, you wouldn't even need the cops would already be alerted to him standing there, looking like the, like a creep." Yeah, he's like peering into this place, and like gigantic man, like completely out of place.
0: Pop quiz, hot shot. I have a pop quiz.
2: All right. That
0: mall that he's in was used in another film, another Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, What movie? Oh, looks like you may have it.
2: Uh, I do have the answer to this. I have the answer. It was T two. T two. That's right. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. T two. What a great movie. That was a great movie.
1: I think I did hear that they have since remodeled that mall, so it's it's almost like you wouldn't recognize it. Oh, that's yes, that's
2: correct. Completely remodeled. So
1: okay, so the cops, the mall cops, go over to confront.
2: Um, Arnold. Well, what was Sully doing in there? He was getting passports, or... Yeah, he was getting
0: yeah, he was getting fake passports, Okay, basically. Which, so the, uh, I don't know what the
2: fake... Were the fake passports
0: for Dan Hidea, I would well, imagine, so he could get back into the country? I guess. I don't maybe. know.
2: Maybe. I, I don't know they that don't, they were ever talked about after that. Yeah, they that. don't really cover what it was for, I guess. He just gives him a bunch of money, and the guy gives him passports, and... But then, so the mall cops go to confront Arnold, and he just beats the shit out of all of them. There's, like... 20 of them maybe conservatively and he just <laughs> beats Man, them and up the, the
0: mall cops are armed to the teeth too like they have tasers they've got pistol I don't what, when was the last time you saw a mall cop that had a taser and a pistol <laughs> and they were like fully trained police officers <laughs> They all seem like Rennica. Oh, when was the last time any of us were in a mall?
2: Yeah. That's probably a better (laughs) question. That's true, too. So during the fight, like, Sully's trying to call them to tell them that Arnold's not on the plane. And he gets into a phone booth, which Arnold just rips off the wall and, like, picks up over his head, I believe. Yeah, and there was another story. He actually could physically
0: lift... The phone booth, the regular, real phone booth. He could physically lift it over his head, but to make it safe for him, just in case, they made the wood—they made it out of plywood. Oh, <laughs> but he could actually lift the the real phone booth.
2: So Sully gets out of the mall. A chase ensues through like the hills of wherever they're at in California.
0: Uh, hold on, I want to gloss over something here. Okay, he grabs one of the inflatable like oh, rainbow oh, balloon oh, thing yeah. right, yeah. and swings onto the top of the uh, of the elevator.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about There's that. There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, that thing would just break and he would Well, be on he rips
0: first of all, he rips it with his bare hands to begin with to get <laughs> it apart and then swings on it.
1: Yeah, uh, that just shows you how strong that material actually was that he, <laughs> ripped, oh, yeah. that he ripped it with no problem. <laughs> I forgot
2: about that. He swings like Tarzan and lands on top of the elevator that Sully's on. Yeah. Um, so he follows Sully in the car, uh, RDC's there, um, he drives, he kind of like careens him off the road, right?
0: Yeah, he, yeah, he basically pushes him off the road and his car rolls.
2: So then we get another classic scene or right. oh.
0: they crash
2: their okay. car into
0: a giant telephone pole. That's right. But they're fine. N- not wearing seatbelts. <laughs> no. They would there's not even a seat in in, in RDC side. They would have been injected from that car down the creek,
2: down, down the, the ravine yeah. and they would have died. Yeah. 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 But they're fine. But they're totally fine. So then he he grabs Sully. He's holding him over the cliff with one hand, right? Just holding him over there by his by, by his, his angle. leg. Yep. Yeah. Trying to get yeah. information, right? Um, another classic line comes up. I can't remember what the Sully doesn't give him really any information, right? No. So then, well,
1: he, well, he, what he gets from him is oh, he gets that it. key. He
2: gets the key to the hotel. Yeah. So, so then the other classic line where he's like, "Remember when I promised to kill you last?" And Sully's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I lied." He just straight up drops him off the cliff. That was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and then and then right after that happens, RDC asks you know, what happened with Sully and he he just says, I let him go. I let
2: him go. Isn't there um I thought uh, I think maybe we discussed it briefly, isn't there something interesting about that scene you were telling me, Devin? About Arnold and oh, the director.
1: Yeah, the apparently the director, because again, Arnold is a very strong individual, yeah, felt you know, Arnold can just hold Sully up <laughs> with his with his bare hands <laughs> and and Arnold was like, No, you are insane. <laughs> so they brought in a crane to to hold him <laughs> up. And can I you, think there is a little bit of a scene where you can get a glimmer of, like, the, the cable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, there, when he's swinging off of the rainbow balloon thing, you can see the rope that he was holding on to like, yeah. behind the balloon, too.
2: So they get, they get so they, you're right. They get the key from him to the Sunspot uh, Motel, Hotel. It's just called the Sunspot, I think. I think so, yeah. And it's a room key, and it's like Sully's room, and they go in there, and they're kind of looking around for stuff, and then Bill Duke shows up.
0: Yep. Yep. Because Bill Duke was supposed to meet him there for, oh, to pick up the passports.
2: Right, to pick up the passports. So then they get into a pretty sweet fight in this hotel room. It is it was, a good He fight. breaks the chair over him. and Now, this. I can't remember. I have this quote written in my notes, but I can't remember if Arnold says it to him or he says it to Arnold. Is the, the one about the green berets, is that what he says to Arnold? Where he's like, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now I'm very hungry. No, Arnold says that to him. Oh, okay. yeah. Because <laughs> he
1: says, you know, this green beret is going to kick your ass or something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they fight, and they it's a, it's a really brutal fight. They bust through the Wall hotel, and, of course, there's just ra- – it's an 80s action movie, so there's just random boobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see – I don't know if you could tell in the background. There's, like, a there's tripod. A, there's a tripod. <laughs> With a yeah. camera on it. Yeah. I, I just love that because it's, it's, like, so unnecessary. But they just crash through the hotel room, and then they're just like, okay, we're just going to throw some boobs in here because it's in the 1980s. Sure, you have to. Yeah. Um, and then they have that great exchange where he's like <laughs> – I laugh so hard when, when Bill Duke is like – Fuck you, asshole. I don't know. It's like, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> I love that part too. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and then he, like, I don't know. He kicks him into the other room and he lands on, like, a chair and it, like, impales him and kills him, right?
0: Yeah, but, the chair goes through his chest. Okay. The, the leg of the chair goes through his chest. So
2: then, I can't
0: remember. They still
2: build Duke's car and then. Oh, right. They find, like, some kind of shipping thing or, or something. Yeah,
0: that was, like, they find, uh,. They find a, a manifest for plane fuel.
2: Yeah. And that leads them to um, like a warehouse where they're getting together all these like tanks and weapons and all the stuff that they're going to be shipping to like Valverde for Dan Haddad
0: yeah and it, it's very it's all very convoluted how they pull all the information together and yeah, how
2: that didn't quite make sense to me like she sees something and she's like oh and it's a
0: picture of a plane She's like, oh that must be the plane they're taking it matches this fuel it's got to be that exact plane and, and
2: that's exact she, and she casually mentions how she's like taking like a flying instructions or flying lessons or something like that right. like they mentioned it just to kind of put that in there but I do like the part when they arrive at that factory when they're breaking in like it's just so subtle just like Arnold being strong but you just like there's like a lock chain and you just just rips <laughs> yes! it off with his bare hands, rips yeah.
0: the like full on thick ass fence chain and just rips it. Yeah,
2: just a, no, no problem. It's just like one of those things they casually throw in, but you're like, No, nobody can do that. It's just in case you forgot
1: he was a tough guy.
2: Yeah, they just like you to remember every five minutes in this movie that Arnold is superhuman strong. Oh, yeah. Um, so they figure out where the plan is, they figure out where the plan is, and then they're like, Okay, we got to go stock up, we got to get weapons.
0: Man, I got a lot of problems with this surplus, <laughs> this army surplus store. <laughs>
2: They They have have everything.
0: (laughs) They have full on military grade rocket launchers. Yeah.
2: And grenades and assault rifles.
0: Anything you can imagine. Because there's like a
2: a room in the back that they go into, and it's just like littered with like anything, everything you can think of.
0: I read that was a real place. It didn't have that extensive a collection, but it actually was a real surplus.
1: Yeah, I think it was called Surplus City. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, and they had everything in it, not necessarily rocket
1: launchers. So, but. so they'd load up
2: on just everything you can think of, machine guns, shotguns, But, but how does he get in? Uh, he drives
0: the bulldozer <laughs> through
2: this he has a conveniently placed bulldozer. Oh, right. <laughs> Completely unnecessary. The dude who we know can break chains with the bare hands has yeah. to drive a bulldozer into can't the front just, of the store. Can't just kick the door down. <laughs> I forgot about that. That does seem unnecessary. Oh, totally. So they get all these weapons, but then like during the process of the break-in, the cops are alerted. And they show up and they arrest uh, Matrix Arnold, outside of the place. They do, and then they let RDC leave. Well, I don't know if they they they- ever, I don't think they ever see her. Yeah, I don't know, because she's like in the back where the car is, and he's like in the front. I don't think they notice that she's there. But how did she get the car out? Well, they leave, and she probably just follows them. Because the car's, like, parked she, around No back. cops stayed around to make sure no more weapons got stolen out of the
0: newly broken into army surplus store that has weapons everywhere?
2: All right, okay, so maybe maybe you found a plot hole in this movie. Just a small one. So they take uh, Matrix away in a paddy wagon. <laughs> <and> <laughs> an armored paddy wagon. An armored paddy wagon. <laughs> and uh, RDC's following in the car. And while driving the car, gets the rocket launcher out. No, she stops the car. She, she, she definitely uh, stops. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, she stops the car because... Uh, she pulls up next
2: to... She pulls up next oh, to the... Oh, right. And kind of like is a little flirty with them. Sure.
0: And then uh, and then they, as they're pulling away, she pulls out the rocket launcher.
2: Right, which is inter back when we first were introduced to Devin Loving this movie to the scene that we saw when she pulls out the rocket launcher. And Devin's like, oh man, she's going to fire it backwards.
1: <laughs> which is actually a funny part because she fires it backwards and it doesn't throw her off her balance in any way. <laughs> but when she well. turns it around, it throws her off her feet. <laughs> Which, that makes no sense.
2: <laughs> and, and also, you know what makes no sense? If you were trying to get someone out of a vehicle traveling, I don't think that, like, I'm going to fire a rocket. Just, Let me blow up yeah, this vehicle. Like, that seems like such a terrible idea just to fire a rocket launcher at the vehicle and the person you're trying to save.
0: Yeah, it's really not great. She's obviously not worried about killing the guards. Uh, so she might as well have just shot them when they pulled up next to her.
2: Right. But, he, but he's fine. He gets out. No problem. Totally fine. Like the van flips over, but he just gets out and he's yeah. no worries.
0: Yeah, totally good.
2: So then they're off to the plane, uh, to plane which is like I have in my notes like Arnold can do everything in this movie, but he, he can't fly a plane. That's like the one thing he can do, right?
0: Yeah, it's really strange that <laughs> he couldn't fly the plane.
2: But I think I feel like they just wanted to keep already seeing the movie longer. So because they had set up that she was taking flying lessons. Yeah,
0: they had to make it pay off. Somehow. He
2: needs her to fly the plane. And he does casually murder some guys in a jeep there at the um, at the docks when they're trying to get the plane off.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know why he didn't kill them to begin with. It takes him a long time. He's got, like, that Uzi, and he's, like, <laughs> they're, like, driving toward him, and he's shooting forever before he finally, like, kills him, and they, like, fly off the pier. That was kind of funny. Um, so they're flying to Valverde, which is like I had kind of do a double take on this. But no, they,
0: they didn't go to Valverde.
2: Oh, sorry, yeah, it was they, an
0: island off of California. Yeah, that's there's right. just some I'm, island.
2: I'm sorry, that's right. The, the island's like off the coast of Santa Barbara or something. They find because they they somehow when they're in the warehouse with the weapons, they. Triangulate his position or something with coordinates and find out that that's where they need to go.
0: Yeah, and they had to make it that because if if it, if they went anywhere else, it would have been outside of the timeline, which is questionable to begin
2: with. Yeah, because we're already down the like I don't know they already we already used like eight of his eleven hours or something at this point.
1: Yeah. So when when I rewatch this movie, I've seen this movie dozens of times. Um, when I rewatch this movie, and I don't know if this is what you were about to say, um, but when they when they're talking to the Coast Guard, yeah, did you see who that was? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I had to do a double take on this because I was like, yeah. I recognize the voice, and I immediately paused the movie and had to Google this. But it's it's uh, Bill Paxton. It's Bill Paxton. Yep. Yeah, which one of
0: ca- the three movies that they're in together.
1: Yeah, which is crazy because he was in he was in the Terminator and True Lies. Yep, that's crazy. That's
2: crazy which I just recently admitted to uh, LPJ that I've never seen True Lies. I heard that the other day, and <laughs> I, I can't believe that myself. I know. Everyone at work was aghast when I talked about how I hadn't seen True Lies.
0: Because I, I swear we've seen it together. I I, that's
2: the craziest thing. I've never seen that, and you were also very upset with me when I told you I'd never seen Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, that's another one. I swear really? I thought you seen wow. All these movies came out when I wasn't allowed to see R-rated movies. We watched them at Justin's. Well, you hung out with Justin a lot more than I did. How old did, were you actually. in 1994? Yeah. Fourteen? Fourteen. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, anyways, I did, I was like, I did a double take and I was like, oh, is that Bill Paxson? And then sure enough, it was. Yeah. Uh, so they get there, they get to the island, they lay in the plane, Arnold's in a Speedo for some reason. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, there is no reason for him to be in that Speedo. Oh,
0: did you see how small those flippers were, by the way, that he grabbed? <laughs>
2: they were like kids flippers. He's like, I have no idea why he's in the Speedo, but he, so he takes all the weapons. um, (laughs) What does he, what does he tell her? He's like, well, don't, he's like, don't call for, or don't call the colonel until, like, my attack starts or something. Yeah,
1: until they see me.
2: And she's like, well, how will I know when that, when that is? And does anyone remember what the line is, what he says? I think he says,
1: because all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, because he's like, because all fucking
2: hell is going to break loose. (laughs) So he's in the Speedo. He rows the shore, and we get the classic scene of him arming up for this for this showdown with all the, the people and it's like it's a good minute of him like strapping on weapons and belts and
0: <laughs> like painting his face and his arms and his chest. He's and-
2: like a comical amount of guns he's walking around with. He's got like two on his back. He's carrying one, he's carrying the rocket launcher. Yeah,
0: he's carrying a sack full of yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff.
2: And that's like when I th- this is the point in my notes when I'm like a lot of steel drum music.
0: <laughs> oh my god, there's so many steel drums in this.
2: Um, so then, then the assault on uh, Dan Hidea's like uh, island fortress starts, and he it's there's so many. It's like a comical amount of people he kills in the scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, actually, as as a matter of fact. Pop quiz, <laughs> hot shot.
2: I'm curious about this. I know what you're going to ask, and I kept seeing some different numbers. I saw different yeah. numbers, too. The,
0: yeah. the body
2: count in this is 109 people. Okay. Because I saw, like, three different body counts, and they were
1: all different. Yeah. I, I saw 88, but Arnold was responsible for, I think, 81 of them. So
0: that's what I was going to ask. So 109 people killed. How many were killed by Arnold?
2: 102. Yeah, I see that, too. 102.
0: 102. So all but seven people in this movie... Or killed by Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: <laughs> and I would say a good, like, I don't know, hundred of those people are killed on the island at the end of the movie. Oh, right and at the, the I, end. I think they would yeah. all have to be, yeah. Yeah. Because he's just mowing everybody down. Yeah, well, he's got, like, claymores.
0: He's got grenades. He's got the rocket launcher. He's got all kinds of stuff.
1: But, and, I, and I think I actually read that this was the most kills that he's had in any movie. I believe He's it. ever been in. I believe Yeah, it. I think
0: it would have to be. I'm trying to think of other films that... That he's in, yeah, I think I mean, it would have to be. I mean, he
2: essentially takes out an entire army in the scene. He does. It's like Dan Hidea's private army, and he kills everyone. But yet, somehow, during this, when he's stocked to the gills of weapons, he finds himself weaponless at a point? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does he run out of weapons? I don't know. And there's weapons laying everywhere from all the guys he's killed. Right, but he, he ends up weaponless and, like, ducks into, like, a, a tool shed, right? That tool shed scene was the
1: greatest. Oh, it is fantastic. So
2: so someone wanted to describe what, how we, what happens in this tool shed? They surround it, and they all shoot into it. They think they got him. They got him cornered. Yeah, right? they the whole
1: thing. Yeah, they basically empty their clips right, into this and, thing. And they
2: think he's dead, and so they open the door to go in. And what happens?
1: Well, he drops from the ceiling, first of all. Right. He stabs the, the first guy with a pitchfork, I believe. Yep. Right.
2: And then he... Picks up saw blades throws it and literally lops off
0: the top part of a guy's head. Yep. <laughs> Hits another guy in the chest. And then he has is it a, it's is it a machete? Uh
2: it might be, I don't know, but he he just he like straight up cuts off a guy's arm. Yep.
0: Yeah. And there is a deleted scene. Something they wanted to do. Well, it was it was deleted from the script. But initially Schwarzenegger cuts the guy's arm off. And then hits him with it <laughs> and
2: says, do you need a hand? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, this, I, I feel like he got somebody in the crotch with an axe in that scene. But yeah, maybe, he did.
0: He, like, under, underhanded. Does like hits. Yeah, he hits a guy right in the crotch with the axe.
2: <laughs> but it's, like, it's so ridiculous. After Pitchfork Guy. It's so ridiculous because he has so many guns. And the fact that he, but it's, like, I mean, it's, it's really cool. But it's, like, the fact that he ends up with no guns is so... Unbelievable. Oh, it's unreal. But then he get, he picks up one of their guns, that big I mean It's a shotgun. Well, but he also has that one with the I don't know, you're better with gun names than me, but he's got that big one that he's firing with all like the trail of bullets and stuff. Oh, the
0: M60, yeah. yeah. He picks up that.
2: And he's just still just mowing down guys. It's almost like they're just lining up for him to like yeah, shoot them. Yeah, absolutely. It was like it was like a, it's like a voluntary execution squad. Meanwhile, I guess we should say this whole time that Jenny, Alyssa Milano, has like basically escape from the room.
0: Yeah, she they they trap her in a room, and the the one of the doors, the like the patio door, is boarded up.
2: Because the plane arrives in Valverde, and they see there's guys there to meet Arnold, but they see him wheeling like a corpse off, and they look under and they find out that it's it's Dan Hiday's guy, and he's dead. The guy that was you know his friend that was uh, dead tired, so they call Dan today and he gets the call and finds out Arnold's not there, and he's like killer tells Bennett to go kill. Alyssa Milano. But he gets to the room and she's gone because she's pried one of the boards off the window and took it off. So he kicks
0: the rest of the wall down, which is really funny. Yeah,
2: he basically runs through <laughs> he it. He Kool-Aid yeah.
0: Mans through it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! And So he, so while Arnold's there murdering all these people, he's chasing uh, Alyssa Milano in like the boiler room of this mansion. Yeah, this very conveniently placed boiler room. <laughs> which is gigantic. It What, the mansion or the boiler room? The boiler room. Well. well
0: pop quiz, hot shot. Yet another pop quiz. Oh. This mansion also appeared in another film that we've covered on this podcast.
2: Oh, man. Can you name it? I didn't. Well, see, I thought I had the answer to this because I, I think I did too good of research, but I didn't know you covered it on the podcast.
0: Um, I do know the answer. I okay. was going to give you a shot at, at it, it's, you, know, it's, you know what? To, to, to be fair, at the time of this recording oh, right now, okay. that episode has not been released. Okay, so,
2: yet. but it's Beverly Hills Cop. It is That's Beverly right. Hills Cop. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. hmm. But, um.
0: And you know what castle it is, by the way? No. Uh, it's a Hearst mansion.
2: Oh, shoot. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. So he gets into the mansion, has a little bit of a showdown with Dan Hidea, ends up blowing him away with a shotgun a couple of times, and he flies backwards, like out the window, right?
1: Yeah, it almost yes. reminded me of like the when like the end of Scarface. Yeah, I yeah, was thinking the
0: same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just standing there shooting, and then yeah, and then he just gets blown away through the window. Yeah. yeah.
2: So then he hears Alyssa Milano calling Daddy for help, right? It
0: seemed also, just to back up a little bit, it seemed super anticlimactic for him to just get blown away by a shotgun
1: blast. Right. Yeah. It, it was kind of a lot of buildup for... But I guess, really I mean, nothing. For but nothing. I guess you're
2: not going to have a real physical showdown between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dan That's Hideo. true. You're
1: not. No. I mean,
2: it would have been cooler if he would have like picked him up and like broke his neck or just uh, just thrown him around like a rag doll or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or if
0: Dan Hedaya had hit him a couple times with a couple shots and like weakened him or something.
2: Right. Sure. So so anyway, so then he hears Alyssa Milano calling from the boiler room. Which
0: is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's such a, it's like a quick second. There, he's inside, she's in the boiler room two buildings away.
2: So he, he heads downstairs, right? Well, yeah, I don't even think it's the same building. Well, anyways, he catches up with her. Right. Or he, but, but Well, Vernon Wells catches up. Vernon by. Wells has her, and so uh, he's basically like, he wings Arnold, right, with a shot? In he the does. Arm. Yeah, he hits him he in the He does. Eye. And then he's kind of got the gun, he's got Alyssa Milano, he's basically like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. But then Arnold starts kind of goading him.
0: Yeah, he goads him, and then uh, um, uh, Vernon Wells is, it's like like Vernon Wells wants to take him hand to hand.
1: Yeah, he basically, you know, Arnold calls him out. Basically, calls him a chicken shit. For, yeah, you're, you know, you're gonna shoot me with this gun. Let's, let's use
2: knives. Yeah, because he's like, you don't, you don't want to just pull the trigger. He's like, you wanna, you want fight. You wanna, you know, he goads him into this like knife fight, which seems ridiculous to me. <laughs> like, if he really just wants to kill him, then just shoot him and be done with it. But it's like very interesting to me because kind of Vernon Wells. You can tell he's kind of crazy the whole movie, but like in that scene, he just like snaps. Oh yeah, he loses it. Yeah, he's like nuts in that scene. So they have a, they have a knife fight. Really? Not a very good knife fight. No, it's not great. Like, I mean, it's, it's long, but yeah. it's not a
0: very good knife fight. And they, They're I, terrible I, knife fighters.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like two like, awkward big dudes. It'd be dudes. like if
0: you and I had a knife fight right now. <laughs>
2: well, I, it's true. I think theirs might be a little better than if we had a knife fight. Uh, fair enough. Um, they end up in a lower level of the boiler room. Do they? I don't know. I thought they fell down some stairs or something, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't really recall that. I don't know. I thought he just backed part. him up. I, yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. But they're fighting in the boiler room. Um, I feel like Arnold kind of gets the upper hand.
0: Yeah. Well, no. And the Vernon Wells pulls out another gun. He's right. about to shoot him. <laughs> and so Arnold. Breaks his steam pipe, breaks breaks a pipe off. He rips it
1: off the, the wall. wall.
2: Which, you know what, at this point really doesn't seem that un- implausible <laughs> considering he ripped that chain in half and pulled a car seat out of a car. Right, so they've established he's superhuman. So he rips the pipe <laughs> completely off the wall. While, while Bennett has the gun trained on him, why he doesn't fire sooner, I don't know.
0: I don't know, yeah, there's no way he's going to throw that pipe faster than Bennett can shoot him. Yeah, does someone want to
2: explain what happens next? Well, he throws the pipe through Bennett <laughs> into a metal boiler right he throws the pipe so strong that it completely impales Bennett yeah threw him into metal behind him and then steam is coming out of the the end of the pipe right and Devin will you deliver the line
1: let off some steam Bennett <laughs> <laughs> and that's it Bennett's dead
0: yeah interesting interesting side note to that uh, our friend Dave oh this is great has an
2: autograph from Vernon Wells that says, Hey, Dave, let off some steam. Like,
1: unprompted, that's just how he signs things. Yeah,
2: that's just how he signed it.
1: <laughs> wow. And I, I did see something that there's actually three alternate takes of that death scene, and there's different lines that they were considering. Oh, I didn't did see that. Did you guys see no, what the different I know. lines oh, no. were? Okay, so I, I guess one of them was, I, uh, I hate small talk, <laughs> and I think... <laughs> And I think it was too much pressure for you, Bennett. <laughs> that's a good one. And the other one was, couldn't take the pressure, Bennett. So I think they chose the right one. <laughs> no, oh, I mean, they absolutely that's, chose that's the right the one. That's the classic one.
2: So then we get to the final scene in the movie. Uh, Kirby finally shows up with a bunch of uh, army guys. Uh, they're storming the island. Um, Arnold walks out onto the beach. He's got Alyssa Milano on his shoulders. And this is... Perhaps my my favorite exchange of the movie the movie that he has with Kirby, where Kirby asks him and says, "Hey, did you leave anything for us?" and Arnold says, "Just bodies." Yep. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: how it ends. And then, yeah. the plane, and then she fly. They get back in the plane. Yeah. And fly.
2: They just fly away. Yeah. yeah she, she had so much trouble flying that plane at the beginning, and then at the end, she's like, "No, nah, I got this." It's so ridiculous. Like, why do they keep... Why do they just let him fly away? But he, he also has that exchange with Kirby where he's like, he's like, this is the last time. And Kirby's like, yeah, until the next time.
1: And, and then, then he get, says, no chance. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, interestingly, there actually was a, uh, a, um, a sequel that was being written for this film.
2: Yeah, I saw this a little bit.
0: Yeah, so yeah, uh, Stephen D'Souza was, was writing the sequel... Uh, Frank Darabont got a hold of it, was revising it, and then John McTiernan was going to direct it. Um, and the script was based on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever, which eventually got turned into Die Hard.
2: <laughs> and that's crazy, like, cause I mean, like, I mean, obviously you guys covered Die Hard on the podcast, but I cannot picture Arnold in that movie.
0: No, there's no no possible way.
2: Because a, you covered it a lot in the Die Hard episode, but it's like the thing that makes that movie work so well is that Bruce Willis is just like, he's not like superhuman in that movie. You know, he's kind of like a normal guy. And that's what helps that movie. Like Arnold, they've already established, is just like, nothing can stop him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So He's it's completely, like, yeah. It just like, it doesn't work. There's not any tension, you know, if you put him in that situation.
0: Right. It, well, and, and another uh, interesting fact, um, that script that they wrote for Schwarzenegger that eventually turned into Die Hard. Actually, a lot of the plot points in that were taken and used for Skyscraper.
2: Oh, shoot. The Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's. They don't really credit it, but that script that they had that, that, that uh, Frank Darabont kind of punched up was eventually... It, it kind of pseudo became Skyscraper.
2: Did you guys happen to come across and see how much Arnold got paid for this movie? I did. I think it was 1.5 million. Yeah, 1.5 million. Which yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess I don't know, but that seems like a pretty decent sum for a guy in his like third movie or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. As, in, in as movie, especially when
2: the budget of the movie was 10 million dollars.
0: Budget was 10 million. It made 57.5 million dollars. So a
2: pretty pretty yeah, good that, success. That's a pretty good success. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm really I'm surprised they never didn't make a sequel to this.
2: Yeah, I'm really surprised too. I mean, I guess like all of Arnold's movies are almost like spiritual sequels to this because for a while he's kind of playing variations on the same character. Like, what's his character in Predator is what, Dutch? Yes. That's not that dissimilar to the character that he plays in this movie, I feel like.
0: You know what? No, you're right. and um, And it's almost as if that is a prequel to this. Like Predator would be like, almost like a spiritual prequel to, I can to see Commander. that. Like
2: that was his unit that he had before and then afterwards he retired.
0: Yeah. Well and then it, and it takes place in Valverde.
1: Oh, that's true. So yeah. it's all part
0: of the <laughs> part of the same thing here.
1: And I did see that I think Arnold was actually like the third choice for this role. Yep. Well, actually, oh, bring, let's get bring, into
0: our re- segment we call role reversal. <laughs> so I am going to the way role reversal works. I'm going to give you the name of okay. somebody who either turned down the part or did not get the part. Okay. And you tell me if the film would have been better or worse with that other person. Okay. So, for the role of John Matrix, originally the, the movie was written for Nick Nolte.
1: No. Oh, absolutely not. I no actually way. heard that it was written for somebody else, and then Nick Nolte okay, got involved. Okay, go ahead. Gene the, Simmons from yeah, Kiss. That
0: is, yes, that is correct.
1: Yeah
2: no
0: (laughs) it would have been terrible
2: i can't i I mean it's like it's hard in a movie like this it's so iconic and arnold is such a huge action star figure it's hard to picture anybody else in this movie at
1: all i agree with you i agree with you
0: um so for jenny okay i have one really good one but for jenny uh it would have been uh winona Ryder. okay uh shannon doherty
2: oh devin likes that
0: jennifer connelly or patricia arquette
2: that's, I mean, like, I guess for those, I mean, I could see anyone it could in be any role. I could yeah. see any of those, right. yes. Well, we sh- we should mention that Devin is a big 90210 fan, and <laughs> if he ever starts his own podcast, it'll be about
1: 90210. Let's be clear, the original 90210. Yeah, sorry, the original Not, original not the, one. the remake, the, yeah. the, the more recent
2: one. <laughs>
0: oh, fair enough. Uh, so here's the one I really wanted to bring up. Okay. So um, Dan Hedda is
2: role, Arius. Yeah. Raul Julia. Ooh, that, I did I think I did see that. That's kind of interesting to me. I think, mm-hmm. I think that could work. I, I think I could see him in that role, you know? Yep, and, and he turned on that role.
0: He eventually would star in Street Fighter, <laughs> written by Stephen E. D'Souza. Yeah, as M.
2: Bison, right? Yeah, and he wrote the part for Raul Julia. It's like, I don't know, like I said, I, Dan Hedaya is it's a weird choice in this movie, but I don't think he does a bad job, per se.
0: No, not at all. I No, and you know what? And re- the reality is the part really isn't that big. No. Um, he's not a convincing South American. No. But, uh, you know, the part's not that
2: not that big. <laughs>
0: Uh, so a little bit of the housekeeping. We also said that um, the film was written by uh, Jeff Loeb, yeah. prolific comic book writer. Pop quiz, hot shot. Which comic book character inspired Jeff Loeb to write this film? I know this one.
2: It was Sergeant Rock. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> I, do, yeah? I didn't know that one. <laughs> no, I can't
0: imagine you would.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they said. I think they even said something like that you would never like guess, but it was like. Uh, like Kirby's name is like his like first name is like Sergeant Rock's like first name and middle name or something's like really yeah, specific. Yeah, they're all, it's all tied Really that. specific that you never get but Right. Uh, there was a 2008 remake Wait, was there? Uh, a Russian remake. Oh shoot I did not know this. Yep
0: uh, and uh, it's basically like a cheesy you know, it's like the, the Russian equivalent of Bollywood <laughs> version of this uh, in two thousand eight, that
2: is, that is wild. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't see anything else on it other than the fact that they said it existed. <laughs>
2: um,
0: any other little bits of housekeeping with uh, with Commando here?
1: Uh, I think we covered everything. I wanted to bring up. What about we'll bring up? What about you? W? Yeah, you know, I've think? been I've been looking through my notes here. I feel like I got everything. Well, yeah. in that case, time to rate it. Let's rate this.
0: All right, so when we go to rate these films, we usually give guests carte blanche. They get to decide if they want to rate first, they want to rate second, or they want to rate third. Devin, as the guest, how would you
1: like to go? I'll go first. Do it. I'll go first. I mean, you know, I love the film. We've talked about that. I've seen it dozens of times. I think I've seen this movie more than any other Arnold movie out there. Um, Are there better Arnold movies? Yeah, probably. The Terminator, T2. I rank it right up there with Predator, though. Um, in my opinion. I know Predator is probably more well known. For me, this is an easy four. I I give this four out of five.
2: All right. Okay. I'll go next. Um, And like I said at the beginning, this is my first time viewing this movie in full. I gotta say, I loved it. And we didn't really cover this that much, but it is like the perfect runtime. It's like a crisp, like 90 minutes, I think just about. So it's like, it doesn't drag at all. Like even it, it gets right into it and it's like it's action filled and then he starts that watch and it's action filled and it's like it just it keeps going and building so it's like it's the perfect length. it's like a quintessential action movie. It's what you want to see you know Arnold just blowing guys away, delivering the one-liners. I really enjoyed it. I could see myself. I wish I would have bought it for six bucks on Blu-ray and I still might because I would like to own this movie because it's one I could see myself watching a bunch again. I'm gonna agree with Devin on this and give it four machine guns.
0: I love this movie too. Um, this is, I started this podcast because I wanted to talk about films like this. Uh, it's what I grew up with, it's what I've seen, um, it's got a bit of craziness, which is inherent in all of these types of action films. It's the stuff I really latched on to. Sure, some of it doesn't make sense, but that's okay, because the rest <laughs> of the stuff is really cool. A uh, guy gets his head chopped off with a buzzsaw that Arnold sh- threw at him.
2: I had, to, I, mean, I had to rewind that part. I'm like, I think I saw that guy's skull. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was great. It was great. Uh, yeah, this is, this is like the ultimate... This really encapsulates everything that action films are that I like. So this is absolutely a four for me. The only reason why it doesn't get any higher is because I can think of some other films that I like better, Yeah, um, but this is absolutely 100% a four.
2: Yeah, and I would say, like, if you haven't seen this, give it a watch. Because, you have to see this. Because, like yeah, absolutely. I said, yeah, definitely see it. It's not a big time commitment, but everything is great. It just, it works. It's definitely check it out.
0: 100%. Um, so this is, of course, the last action podcast coming to you every Monday on the GameZilla.com airwaves. (laughs) Uh, So GameZilla Media, we have all kinds of different podcasts. Uh, We've got the GameZilla flagship podcast, comes out on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, Noobs and Dragons. Uh, our, our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Devin, I know, is an avid listener of Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. He's always calling me. He's like, hey, what's going to happen next? I know you, I'm like, Devin, I don't listen to that. I'm sorry, man.
2: He's like, send me those files. He's
0: like, listen, I just, I got to know. I got to know what Jandar's up to, man. I'm a big Tilly fan, too. I got to know, man. Uh, we've also got the le- the uh, uh, Legend of Retro podcast uh, starring the, 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 wor- the le- lesser version of me, Chops. Uh, very much lesser version of me uh craig wk the glitch xander's on there sometimes when he's not taking care of his kid um joe uh F- fridays you know what we have on fridays fridays i believe is that the uh the movie blast podcast it is the movie blast podcast with bob and Bax, our brethren in the film podcasting <laughs> industry uh bob and Bax, they take little quick hits uh 30 minute episodes of any film you could possibly imagine they they cover all genres uh, and then and then our newest one, which I know our friend Jody is really into, Noiseland Arcade. They drill down every single episode of The Simpsons, starting with episode one and moving all the way through until there's like 30 seasons, <laughs> so I don't know how far they're going to get that. that
2: yeah, that podcast will like outlast yes. all
0: of us. <laughs> they might be dead by the time they get... T- I calculated it once, and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, so they do, they do one episode a week, right? They could, at best, do two seasons a year. They could do this podcast... And not repeat for like 15 years at this point. <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> and not have any issues. That's that's crazy. They're
0: right? going to be at it a while. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, so check us out on GameZillaMedia.com. Check us out on anywhere you can listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher. We're on Spotify now. It Ooh. took us a while. But we are finally on Spotify. Uh, and then check us out on Instagram. Like and subscribe. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, what else? you guys, you, Devin, yeah, what Devin you, have anything you have any
1: plugs? I, I don't have any plugs. I just want to say thank you. I I, I really did enjoy <laughs> it. I know you guys have been trying to get me on here for a while, as we talked about. Uh, You got me at the right time at, at Zubu. And I, I, to be honest, I'm already looking forward to coming back. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't,
2: I can't wait to see what that other uh, episode in your two-episode commitment is. I know. Absolutely. You
1: get to pick. How, how great is that?
2: That's fantastic. Not that you
1: didn't pick this episode. But oh,
2: this
0: kinda, I was all for this, this one. This episode picked all of us.
1: I, d- I did hear he was a little upset when he found out you already did right. Roadhouse. I, yeah. That was the one. That was the one. I, I When we first talked about this, I, I was talking to Joe about some, some movies I'd like to do, and that was at the top of my list. Yeah.
0: Well, come up with a new list. Let us know, uh, and, and we will absolutely come back. Yeah, for
1: sure. sure. This is
2: great. Thanks for, yep. thanks for being on.
0: 100% thank you for being here. You are welcome back. And um, I don't know. I, I'd say we're good. Uh, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but... We'll be back.